You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Good hey. evening. Good evening. <laughs> and so it begins. Yeah. This is episode 132 Dang. of Real yeah. Crime. That's a lot of episodes. 132. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of movie info. That's, yeah. That's so much podcasting in your ear. <laughs> So we were trying to live stream tonight, and for some reason it just wasn't working. Yeah. The Wi-Fi wasn't good. You know, Chris, he had to stand on the toilet. <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> yeah. some reason, just not working. So we're doing this one as an audio only, which kind of sucks, because I was kind of looking forward to what the what the banter would be yeah. on yeah. this movie. But yeah, it's all right. It's an interesting... I feel like there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Yeah. We'll be fine. So, uh, yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about... Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. That's right, Parasite. But first, but first, we gotta mention our sponsors, which we forgot one last week, which was Matador Martial Arts. Our buddy Rudy owns that. Yeah. So you don't want to piss off like a sensei, dude. Rudy, no, Rudy will. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen come, Rudy like kick punch people. He's gonna come in here and start <laughs> kicking Ooh, mofos. No. <laughs> See, that's why we need the live stream in case you know, in case you forget again, and then Rudy comes in. And he, just, just, he just runs through the wall like Kool Aid Man, yeah. <laughs> just punching people. He just kicks through, and after he beats the shit out of you, he hands you a glass of Kool Aid. Yeah, he's looking yeah. out for you. You got to yeah. recharge. Yeah, so I kicked your ass, but here's some yeah. Kool Aid. You know, that's what good friends do. They beat uh. you up, and then they give you some Kool Aid on the down low, and yeah. then they hug you. And they don't touch you inappropriately ever. Yeah, ever? It's just hugs and Kool Aid. Yeah. It's just hugs and Kool Aid. So. <laughs> is that what the minister said? Before <laughs> Talking about touching inappropriately, did you hear the latest in the Harvey Weinstein thing today? What was. What happened? I saw. I, okay. I saw his. Um, He's going to go scot free. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory routine. Where oh, where he, he was, was like on where a he walker. Had the cane and, and the walker. Yeah. He's going to be set free. Yeah, they're saying that all charges are going to be dropped. Why? Just because because that's how the system works. Well, there has to be a reason. Yeah, I don't know what the reason was, but they said today on the news, I heard something, they, they're expecting that the entire thing is going to go away. I don't know, man. What news they're was still, that? They're still, it was on NPR. There's really? still charges yeah. in L.A., right? Yeah. Because ha- there's only like two actual, like, been filed charges, right? Yeah, there's the one in New York where it's the... Um, it was like an Italian model or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one in L.A., which I think is like two people. And they said they're all going to drop them? They said in New York because the jury just met oh. for that one. Yeah, and they're still and, deliberating. Yeah, but basically they're expecting for it to result in him. What a fucking bummer. Yeah. Wow, what a horrible that. fucking bummer for Sorry. everybody involved. <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin your night. Yeah. So. No, no, you didn't ruin anything. <laughs> Harvey ruined things. Yeah. Yes, he did. I wonder if he's still going to be old and feeble after he gets... Yeah. No, you know that motherfucker's going to do the Willy Wonka roll when he <laughs> I think he's out done of the courtroom. <laughs> you know he's going to fucking do that. He's going to do the whole somersault. Somersault, and it's gonna, he's going to have Oompa Loompas, but it's so, going to be all the other people who got Me too Yeah. So uh, other sponsors, Flint Institute of Arts, obviously, and ProjectorScreen.com. So 
Make sure you check them out online. Yeah. And uh, news. News this week. We already talked about Weinstein. Fucking prick. Yeah. And uh, Mike posted some news tonight. Apparently, they're working on a Red Hulk live action movie at MCU. Yeah. And somebody I know that's out there said that actually they've heard rumblings about this as well. So Yeah, I've heard that he might pop up in the She-Hulk show on Disney+. Plus. That sounds cool. Yeah. Did they say who was playing She-Hulk? No, not yet. Oh. It's although it's like I heard that all these Disney Plus shows are shooting, or at least starting to shoot in 2020. Oh, okay. Like they're aiming, so we should be hearing like casting stuff pretty soon. Yeah. So, know. in other news, uh, did you guys read the Battlestar news that I posted yesterday? I read a little bit. I know that it's in the same universe as yeah the, as the 2003. Well, so now they're saying that the new Battlestar show is going to be part of the sci-fi continuity, mm-hmm. even though it's going to be on peacock. the Peacock. <laughs> God. Is it like after the show? Or? They have not said yet. We're Sorry, not sure. At this juncture. At this juncture, we cannot confirm <laughs> or deny. But, but it will be on NPC streaming service, the Peacock. <laughs> we stress cock. Cock. The P. Cock. You know at NBC they have to like fight the urge to not abbreviate it to the cock. Yeah. I'm sure they don't fight it. They're like, yeah, man, we got the office on the cock. We got Parks and Rec on the cock. <laughs> we got it's Cheers like on the cock. It's just like one guy that does it. Yeah, it's yeah. one. It's me. They're like, Lloyd, come on, we've, we've talked about this. Lloyd, stop calling it the cock. There are children. It's bring your kids to work day is not appropriate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We got classic NBC programming on the cock. Yeah. <laughs> we got um, different strokes on the cock. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's all on the cock all the time. All right. And then it was announced that Parasite, which we're talking about tonight, is going to be released on Criterion. Yeah. Yeah. And Memories of a Murder. Yeah. Yep. That's, so, that's his second one, right? Yeah. yeah. I believe so. Um, well, I thought Bar- I know Barking Dogs is his first one. Barking Dogs. And I think Mother. Okay. Wait, didn't Mother come out? Did after? it come out after? Yeah. I am honestly, I'd have to look at the, the dates. Mother's really good, too. The only one of his movies I haven't seen is Barking Dogs. It's, I've never seen that one. It's all right. You know, it's the first movie. Yeah. I feel like every first movie, you know, you can't you kind of grade on a curve. Yeah. But it's How always interesting about... to go back and look at it after, you know, like you see where they've gone. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's the little hints of the stuff they were going to do later. You know? Yeah. I think that's really true with a lot of the directors. I think those are both good choices. And I'm really happy that there's now like some modern-ish movies coming to the Criterion Collection. because yeah, they need that money. Yeah, like seeing all the Netflix stuff. I'm like, yeah. They've been doing that a lot. They, uh, Portrait of a Lady of Fire. Yeah. That got a Criterion. I haven't seen that one yet. I want to. Marriage Story, right? Marriage Story, Irishman, Irishman. Roma. Well, a lot of, some out. of those, like, you know, like, uh, you know, Scorsese has movies in the Criterion Collection already, so it wouldn't be, yeah. like, weird to add another one. Yeah. I just was thinking that Netflix wouldn't do it just because... But now there's more money. Well, Netflix knows that Criterion gives them that prestige. Mm-hmm. So be, they could be like, oh, we have films in the Criterion. You know, like yeah. it's just it, it would be ridiculous for them to say no to that, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, it's just for film lovers. Yeah, that's true. You know, Definitely and we're all going to buy that shit. I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad because I'm 
my biggest worry with Netflix was that we weren't going to be able to buy physical copies of their yeah. films. So they if Criterion wants to pick up yeah. a slack, I'm into it. They got to get Battle you know. Buster Scruggs on there. Yeah, that. a lot of people oh, were asking for that. that awesome. I loved it. I need yeah. that. It's because I have all the other Coens, and I don't yeah. have that one, and that just frustrates me. Same with the uh, and Coens have you know they have Criterions. Yeah, so. they got Inside Lou and Davis, and um, I think uh, Blood Simple. Blood Simple, mm-hmm. one with John Turturro. Yeah, I can't remember for the life of me. And then last little bit of news, we got the first trailer for the Amazing Stories reboot, which is going to be on Apple TV. Which actually looked really, really good. I've not seen one single Apple TV thing. Terror. Ter- <laughs> <laughs> I watched the morning show thing, and that was just not not my scene. No. No. All right. So, a new releases this week. We've got. <laughs> uh, what is it with Harrison Ford and? This movie thinks it looks terrible. Movie, I did you see the video the videos of the guy doing yes. the the um the motion mo-cap? capture? I was like, just get a fucking dog. <laughs> that was gold. Are we here now? That was so gold. The dog <laughs> he's just lying. I would watch the whole movie if it was just the guy in the mocap. Oh my suit. god, that would be an amazing like alternate version yes. of that mocap version. They would never do it. They but... would never do it. But it's like a performance art version of yeah. Call of the Wild. Because every time I see that trailer, I I cannot stop laughing. Because the dog, it's like, you know, they're talking about how revolutionary the technology is. What? And they he, did Lord of the Rings like 10 million years ago. And he, it looks worse than that. It looks like it looks like something from 1999. I just, can you imagine like Harrison Forrest just sitting there and how many takes they had to do? Because it's probably funny when he's got some, I mean, he's a professional, so maybe not, <laughs> but... I wouldn't be able to I, hold yeah. my shit in. You know. You're just sitting there. He's like, come on, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he does the sounds, too. I think oh, that my goodness. Great. No, it's just get what's, a dog. What's up with these like CGI monstrosity animal movies? Because you have like Disney. Doolittle, you have Cats, and then you have this. And all three of them look like unholy nightmares. I just don't. I think. I, I don't know. I understand, like, CGI being used for, like, fantastical things or maybe, like, filling in a skyline, making yeah. a building look bigger, adding cars or something. But just, like, why would you use CGI when you just use a real dog? Like, they've been using real dogs for since film began. That's true. They probably want to avoid that, like, uh, that dog's courage thing where apparently the dog almost drowned or whatever. Oh, but damn. Yeah. Like so now that ruined died. dogs for all the movies after that. <laughs> you know there's some dog yelling at his agent. <laughs> He's got a rough go of it. Yeah. So Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. Uh, Michelle messaged me about this when I was in Iowa. Do you want to go to this screening? Which <laughs> one was it? The Call of the Wild. Oh. Yeah. I was like, mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford, just like, dude, just like do that last Indiana Jones movie and then like retire. That's kind of just how I feel about it now. I still can't believe they haven't just rebooted it with a young Indiana Jones. Like, They're going to totally Irishman. Harrison Ford. They're, they're totally, not, though. They they're totally not. would. I don't see him doing that. I mean, it's at ILM. Or just, like, not make more Indiana Jones movies. That's also... Just leave it alone. That's just also an option. You yeah, can but stop you can just those. see Bob Iger just, like, lose his erection. <laughs> <laughs> they make blue pills for that. Yeah. <laughs> blue chill for when your franchise fails. <laughs> yeah, this live stream still won't even go up. That's a bummer. I'm just messing with it. 
I don't know. It mu- there must be something going on with Facebook tonight. I'm gonna punch Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> and the beer and the staff of uh, Facebook. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. And then the other new release this week is Brahms the Boy Two. Oh boy. Oh, I didn't see the first one. Look stupid. I'm looking forward. I enjoyed to it. the first one. It was kind of. I love those movies where you it's think- like the person in the wall or whatever. Yeah. Where it's just really really dumb. I love it. <laughs> I'm looking for the trailer. There's a bit. It's Katie Holmes is in it. Right? Yeah. In the second one, there's a part where it's the regular kid is sitting next to the doll, and they're just shot immaculately, and it just, it was amazing. <laughs> it looks terrible. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. that That's what I got from uh, I'm going to try to see it island, But I heard it was awful. Dude. Don't even get me started on Fantasy Island. I heard it was like super long too. Yeah. It was only an hour and forty minutes. Oh really? I swear, I swear, I saw it was like two hours or no, some change, but maybe no. they cut it down. It hurt. I mean, literally, there were people in the theater sighing out loud. Yeah, I heard repeatedly. Mm, it's and, got like a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's right also now. from like the folks who did the Truth or Dare movie. Which yeah, it made them Jeff Wadlow. Classic director. Was that the one with the like Snapchat Snapchat filter, filter thing? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like their faces just. It was supposed to be scary, but they just looked annoying. <laughs> they looked like they. Like Snapchat in general. Yeah. Which is only useful for, you know, getting get something from your drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> feet pictures. Feet pictures. I demand feet pictures. Snap them to me now. There's got to be something going on with Facebook Live. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah, just those two this week. Suggested viewings. Who wants to start? Uh, I can go first. All right. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the greatest movie ever or anything, but I watched uh, VFW. That's um, what I was going to use, too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's just the last one that. I saw that's like yeah. not from the 70s. Uh, but uh, I watched, uh, I think, what's this guy's name? Joe Bagos? Yeah, Joe uh, Bigos. Yeah, Joe Bigos that directed it. I saw one of his other movies. It was The Mind's Eye, and it was like a Scanners knockoff, and it was okay. Like I was like, oh, it's just a, it. It was very derivative or whatever. It has some cool stuff in it, but this one was a lot better. And I've not seen his movie Bliss. Everybody says that's like the best thing he's done, but this was alright. It was like it feels like very John Carpenter. It basically is about. Uh, there's like uh, some war veterans that are chilling in a dive bar that one of them owns. And across the street, there's like punks that have like crazy, some kind of super meth drug. And there's a bunch of druggies and they just like have like a crack house, like a trap house basically across the street. And when one, somebody steals drugs from them and runs into the veterans bar and like they so like now they're fighting like the punks and the druggies are fighting against these like grizzled, grizzled old like uh, war veterans. It's got yeah. Fred Williamson in it. Uh, What's his butt from Don't Breathe? Uh, what was the guy? Stephen from? Lang? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the one that owns the bar. And uh, it's all right. I mean, it's like uh, it's a good little genre piece, low budget, yeah. but they use, uh, they use the budget pretty well. It's got that red-blue lighting that's very prominent in 80s knockoff throwback yeah. movies. It's got like the super John Carpenter soundtrack. It, it sounds just like... The music in um, Assault on Precinct 13. It's kind of like similar feel to that It's movie very too. similar to that. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like John Carpenter Light or whatever. Like, is, is this streaming? Uh, It's on VOD. Okay. And I think there's it has a limited 
theater run yeah. right now too. We'll have to check that out. But yeah, it was pretty dope. And some great like practical effects in it. Like uh, a lot of gore, a lot of real blood. I didn't see much digital blood, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. People, you know, if you want to see a bunch of old veterans chopping people up with axes. I that does appeal to yeah, me. Yeah, with cool music, with cool synth yeah. music. But yeah, it's good. It's pretty solid. Good yeah. worth a rental. I'll check that out. Sounds good. Yeah. I like all the people, and like David Patrick Kelly's in that too. Okay, he's my boy. I love that <laughs> man. Yeah, it was like it was pretty good. It was fun. Yeah. I'm just gonna write on yours because I was gonna suggest the same one. I just dug it because you don't really get that kind of like just like there's not a lot of plot to it. Yeah. You know, it was very just like straightforward. Yeah. Fun like 80s style. Like we're just gonna chop shit up and kill people. Movie. Sounds cool. Yeah, we don't get those very often. So, um, yeah, I totally dug it. So, Liam, what's yours this week? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, so, I've been rewatching uh, The Sopranos. It's an amazing show. Um, I'm on, I think, the third season. And I just, every time I watch it, it just makes me want to, like, have gabagoo. Okay, <laughs> like, all the stuff. It's just a really smartly written show there's like you can see the last 20 years of television and how we got there just by watching the sopranos um just like even like beats of the story you go oh they did that in mad men they did that in breaking bad and then you realize no they did it here first um james gandafini an all-timer of a performance if there ever was one and uh that supporting cast is great too it's been fun. I've to never rewatch. seen. I've never seen The Sopranos. I'm like. I've never seen pretty much. I've never seen Breaking Bad. Mm. I've just never. I'm so behind on like shows. Yeah. So yeah, you know they're fun experiences. And what's it on? What were you watching? I was watching it on uh, HBO now. Oh okay, I have that. Cool. Yeah. I think it's on Prime now too. All right. Yeah, I want to just pick up. There's like a Blu-ray set that has all the seasons in it. I really want to pick that up. It's not too expensive either. Really? Like if you get like the um if you get the one through Amazon UK, it's only like sixty bucks. Yeah, because some the of the HBO thing. sets have been oh, pretty pricey. Fucking ridiculous yeah. how much yeah. they they're were. They're very pricey. Yeah. Like I was gonna pick up the wire. It's two hundred dollars. I Dang. love that I love that show, but it's not That's one of my favorite shows. Two hundred dollars level of love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what I can say for a suggested viewing this week. Jordan Peele's version of the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I never, I never did end up. Watching it's that. really, really good. Is this still only on? Was it M? Yeah, it's still just streaming. It yeah. CBS. Um, yep, CBS All Access. <laughs> um, I watched like two episodes last night. I've been just watching it slowly, mm. um, just to kind of savor it a little bit. But it's actually really good. Yeah. It's definitely not as good as Black Mirror, but Black yeah. Mirror is such a Twilight Zone riff, anyways. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah, it's just it's really good, and they update some of the classic stories. They change yeah. them a little bit. There was one I watched last night that was about a little boy that was going to be he runs for president, mm-hmm. and he ends up being president, and he's like yeah. he's like eight years old. That's the is that the one with Jacob Tremblay? Yes, or whatever. Yeah, I love that <laughs> one. He's yeah. Did Jordan Peele direct any of the episodes? I think he's just on board as a producer and, as they say, the narrator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It definitely, at least uh, the one with the police brutality one, 
felt like something he would direct. He may have. Yeah. That was pretty good. I liked the one with um, Kamal Nianji. Yeah, the everything, Nianji. all of them that I've maybe watched like six of them so far, yeah. they've all been really good. Yeah. I miss fun. And I know there's a season two coming out soon, too. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're about 20 minutes in. We need to get on to our topic here. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're talking about Bong Joon-ho's... Parasite. Yeah. So why do we think this movie like struck a chord with people so much? I would say that it, it is a lot of people. Um, lately, if you look at 2019, there's been a lot of movies about class war. And and that's the, the divide between rich and poor. Um, and it's especially been pronounced because there's such a huge gap. Um, even now, it feels like that. And so part of what really resonates with Parasite is that um, you feel the depth of how desperate these people are. It's a very, very real movie. That's a good point. I think uh, I think also the way Bong Joon-ho directs his films, he's very... He's a, he was he's what I would call approachable art house. Mm-hmm. Um, his execution, especially Parasite, I think Parasite is his most realized and well executed film. Um, he very there's a lot going on under the surface of Parasite, but like literally and meta textually like in a story too. But mm-hmm. like the way he directs is so blunt and um, and I don't think blunt. I think a lot of people think if if you make a movie and it's and the the themes are blunt that it's bad and i don't think that at all i think execution is what matters and even though he hammers his points home about class structure and class warfare very heavy um to the point where he has a character hold something up and say it's a metaphor and then literally uses said metaphor to bash bash them over the head like beat them over the head with the metaphor and advance the story that way yeah Uh, just so like anybody that's listening we're gonna be going into very heavy spoilers yeah just so you know, just in case you haven't seen Parasite, I would recommend you watch it first and then come back to this podcast. Just pause it. It's a really good movie. Yeah. So just pause it. And then come you back. You can rent it. It's on VOD. It's on Blu-ray now. It's in theaters. Yeah, it's getting a, another, the old extra lap that they get after they win Best Picture. Oh, man. That was a be- that was the most satisfying Oscars yeah. in a while, was just to see it just it sweep. Because I, I had, like, I was like, oh, this movie's so good, but it won't get it. Yeah, I was because thinking I was, 1917 was going to win because it's, like, the exact kind of generic claptrap that that's the exactly, Oscars eat up. It's about war. It, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it was either that it's or technically it was going to It was either that or my really, really wanting to make as many people angry as possible choice would be if Joker won. Yeah. Just because people would lose their minds. I just didn't think Joker could win. I really didn't think... The Joker could win. Best picture, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. really didn't. And I understand why it didn't win because yeah. there was a better movie. There are what? This was the year. This was like, um, I remember 2017 with Moonlight. And I was like, it's going to be La La Land. You know, I liked La La Land, but I was like, I'm, I'm really hope Moonlight wins. Yeah. And the wave of joy that when it won was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This was like that feeling. But magnified by ten because I adored Parasite. Uh, it was my favorite movie of the last year, and it was also like the first time a foreign film 
has swept the Oscars the yeah. way it did. Um, Bong Joon-ho is tied with Walt Disney for the most Oscars won in a night. I like that he was like doing stuff like making them kiss each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. He's like so like... He's lovable. He's lovable, yeah. Yeah, he's sweet. He's lovable. And it seems like there's still... Even though he makes movies about terrible things happening, yeah, like Snowpiercer, yeah, yeah. I and mean, that is a brutal mother. Movie. Mother is a brutal movie too. He seems like there's this sweetness about him, yeah, and some innocence still, which his is kind of nice. His movies reflect that too. Like yeah. there's always like in every one of his films, there's always at least one moment of pure joy that a character gets to experience, even if they don't have happy endings, which some of his movies don't. So like. I think that what's interesting about him is that he's fixated on class. Um, mm-hmm. he, like, I would say most of his movies involve class in some way or form. Mother um, does, for sure. Uh, Snowpiercer. Um, the Host, not so much. The Host is more like a pure kind of like a creature feature. Well, there's also film. some anti-imperial yeah. stuff in The Host. But it's not as at the forefront. It's Yeah, it's the little season yeah uh Okja is like about uh capitalism uh also uh it's just something that i that i he feels compelled i to 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 revisit but he always revisits it like in a different way like every mm-hmm. movie he doesn't have what's interesting about parasite and why i i really like it is that parasite is very is more nuanced i said earlier that he's blunt but the way it approaches the the way that the rich and the poor live their lives. It's more nuanced to where um, we'll give you know the, the basic premise of the movie. You know the there's these rich family, the Parks, um, and there's a poor family, the Kims, and the Kims systematically infiltrate the Parks estate and uh, basically get all their help fired and yeah. and take over their the help's jobs. And so basically, like they're a parasite, right? Like they're they they're live living, off of each other. They live off of each other. Um, but what's interesting is that the parks are portrayed in a way that doesn't make them seem like they're like Mr. Burns cartoonishly like billionaire evil. Like, yeah. like they're just rich people. Uh, and there is always there's a moment that has stuck with me when I, I rewatched this. I think of the bit in the car when the older dad is driving. Yeah. And then there's the fixation about the smell. Yeah. Now, they're not like they're not comically evil. Mm hmm. But there is like a division between them that's just there. Yeah. It's he can't the dad, the the patriarch of the very rich family doesn't know what the smell is. Yeah. But it's it's literally div- division between the two of them. Right. Um, they're they're ignorant. It's they not are. like they're necessarily evil, but their wealth um, gives them a privileged status to to the point where he doesn't. He can't. They can't recognize mildew because that's what's. It's their clothes getting mildewy because they can't dry out because they're in like they live in a basement. Yeah. Like you just go in people's basements. Sometimes they have like a little bit of that mildewy smell. But imagine yeah. like living in there and it's not ventilated very well. I actually read this really interesting article where somebody that lived in Korea for a few years talked about uh, the like sub basement uh, apartment living in yeah. Korea and how he lived in one for a year. And he said, like, that it's very realistic in the fact, like, he's like, my clothes never felt like they dried all the way. They picked up weird smells. Like, he's like, that's yeah. like a real thing, you know, and they were pretty accurate about that in the film. But I don't think the parks are, like, evil. They're just they're just ignorant, A, uh, naive, um, privileged, 
And the Kims, obviously, like you in a, in a lesser movie, they would be depicted as uh, the underdogs. And they are, which is what's so fucking great about this film is like when I first saw it and you, and you only know there's two layers, you know, there's the Parks and the Kims. And then everybody that's seen the movie, you know that there's a third layer where there's like underground basement thing yeah. where there's like a, a, an even poor, more poor family living under there. And like you're just so fixated on these two levels that when a third level comes in, it yeah. punches you right in your gut. You're like, what? Well, there's fucking other yeah. people here, too. But it, the Kims are also like, you know, like I said, in a lesser movie, they would have been like lovable underdogs. But when mm-hmm. the third layer comes up. They just immediately try and get rid of her. They immediately turn on them to, to secure their meager status that they have. There's no class solidarity there. Zero. And that's, I've you don't really, you, you don't really see that depicted in movies as much as you should. Like, yeah. the idea that everybody in the lower class is, like, scrounging around for scraps and fighting each other over, like, these little scraps that rich people throw yeah. in. Yeah. When really, if they had both worked together, they could have all stayed in the house, right? Yeah. There was an ecosystem they totally could have sustained. Yes. Um, which is part of that whole bit of them, you know, starting to live it up. When they get more money, they just mm-hmm. become kind of, you know, mirrors to the uh, to the parks in yep. their sense, which I really like that aspect. It was just weird to me, you know, because I it's a movie about class warfare. But also when I'm watching this, this is this is like a home invasion movie at the same yeah. time. Yeah. There's like two different subtexts to this yeah. thing or two different subgenres going on. I think it's just so funny how easily they could manipulate manipulate that situation to get into the house. Yeah. All you had to do is tell a simple lie. I have this friend that can work as your son's art tutor, art tutor or art therapist as it was called. <laughs> yeah. In the movie, it was so easy for him to take being of the lower financial class it was so easy for him to take this woman that was probably a little bit naive and maybe some of that came from you know we have a lot of money yeah and she's just not thinking that something bad could happen right and she's just trying to be sweet and try and take care of her kids but like how easy it was for them to twist and turn that to oh you know and then oh i know a driver yeah I, i know a professional driver yeah it was very simple for them to get yeah. those people in there. Whereas like myself, if I was going to hire somebody to come into my home yeah. to help take care of my children, I'd be like background check, drug te- drug test. Uh, we're doing every single thing under the sun to make sure this person yeah. is legit, is legit. And nothing was done. Yeah. They were e- well. The the first one, the the first Kim son got in because he was recommended by a previous person. So like they had like I, I they had like a way in. It, it felt like a ref like everything went by references and not necessarily like them. Well, they also had like the paper thing, right? Yeah, he he like forged like po- yeah. documents for him. So I think they w- did ask for stuff, but they forged it to to like okay. make it seem more. Because, uh, like, remember the, the the Kim... I'm saying, like, their relationship in the family because I just don't want to butcher their names because yeah. I do not yeah. speak Korean. I know Daesun. I yeah. can say Daesun, but that's, like, the But, yeah, so I'm going to refer to them like that just to avoid butchering Korean names. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, she, You're her so nice. her specialty, uh, the Kim daughter, her specialty was, like, graphic design. 
So she had her like, you know, make all the documents or whatever, which uh, I like, I really liked their family dynamic. And I think, uh, Bong is really good at depicting families Mm -hmm. being together and in a way that feels natural and realistic. Like, even though the Kims were doing something shitty, like you felt you still root for them Yeah. for most of the film, I, I would say. Yeah. I mean, even in the last half, like the last third, when the turn happens, I was still kind of rooting for him. Yeah, I was rooting for him, but I was also hoping that maybe they'd resolve it in a way that didn't end the way it did. Yeah. And, but the way it ended is probably like the only logical way something like right. that would happen. Yeah. But the way the the entire film is so intricately constructed that mm-hmm. it like when I rewatched it, it's just like Bong and his uh cinemat- and his DP, I don't know the name of his DP, but they them together, the way they every shot is constructed with all these visual indicators. Like if you mm-hmm. look, uh there's a there's a part in the film where uh, Mr. Kim and Mr. Park have a discussion and Mr. Park says, I don't want you to cross the line with me. That's the only thing. Like, if you cross the line, then we're going to have an issue. And the entire film is, like, filled with these visual lines that separate the character. Like, there's a part where uh, the the Kim's son is looking out of the window and, the, and there's two windows connected so it makes a line in the middle where the panels yeah. connect and the rich lady's on one side of the line and her help's on the other side of the line and yeah. she doesn't want to like cross it to like wake her up and there's all these lines though in the film like they're constantly separating the characters from each other like like visually like it's it's not done in a in a way that brings attention to itself but if you're mm-hmm. looking for it like every shot is com- is composed in a way to separate them all the time. Even even there's even parts where like if it's showing the Kim family, this the camera will start high and then come down low to indicate that they're lower status. Yeah. And then when they're like going to the to the park estate, the camera starts from low and then pans up to be like, oh, this is a higher place. The Kim house is or the park house is lit. Uh, more warmly and and beautifully and when yeah. the and when the kims go home they have like this dingy kind of different color grading that makes it's it very gray yeah very dark um and we have the whole sequence where you know the house is getting flooded and it's this yellowy just grunge yeah. kind of gross filter to it um which uses a lot of natural street light i mm-hmm. love the shots in this movie where it's at night because it's just so beautifully framed and and just lit and just an accomplishment to watch visually that's why i say you know he's very much like approachable art house he is art he's very meticulous in his shot composition and but it's not but he's so straightforward with his storytelling Mm -hmm. that it doesn't turn people off then I'm not to say, and I don't say this in a bad way, but it's more like a simplified art house. Like it's, yeah. like it's got, uh, it's it's very well made, very polished, very, very attention to detail. But the story and the the themes are very hard hitting, and in your face. So I think that's partly why so many people kind of were attracted to this film because it's foreign. But yeah. it, it approaches this, but it's a subject matter that people from all the countries can, yeah. you know, empathize with. Well, and I think with a lot of the things we see going on in the U.S. right now, it there's really kind of hits of, home, a lot you know. Of anger. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of anger, but there's a lot being there's talked about politically about 
you know, haves and the haves nots classes here, you know, and the rich having everything and the poor having to struggle. And that really, I think that's kind of part of what really probably hits home and made this such a big hit. I mean, that's what it hit with me. You know, I've been a relatively like lower middle class guy most of my life. So I, you know, I know people like the Park family. Yeah. So it's very bizarre. You know, I can see this story. Yeah, it's South Korean, but it's all kind of universal because that class divide exists everywhere. You could show this to the regular person and they'd get it. Yeah. You talk about it being accessible art house. This is one of those movies that I can show to like my friends and family and they're just like, oh my God, what the yeah. fuck? Holy shit. Whereas if I put on something like Burning Burning for- or The Lighthouse, they're like, what the what? fuck is this shit? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why is he hitting a seagull? What's going on? <laughs> the right. magic of the bong. Yeah. <laughs> Hits from the bong. If you get a hit from the bong. Um, but really, like, it's it, it's just amazing because he's basically a, a an art house genre filmmaker. Yeah. Because, like you said, uh, Parasite incorporates elements of invasion uh, films. He definitely weaves like all these different styles of film yeah. together. Like the beginning is kind of like capery. It's lighthearted, kind of funny. Oh, they're they're you know they're infiltrating the house. Yeah. And, and the 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 peach stuff and they're you know well, the, she's allergic to the peaches. That whole sequence, the peach sequence, is like staged like a Mission Impossible. Yes. Heist, where it's just yeah. kind of like you know you can just picture it like it's and it's hilarious because yeah. you're like it's a peach. Mm-hmm. But it's shot with that intensity. There is like a self-aware kind of like there is a you know we talk about this movie having a lot of like really serious themes in it. Mm-hmm. It's also extraordinarily funny. Yeah, it's at points. it's pretty funny until like the last I'd say twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean I'll be honest with you when they do the thing with the live-in nanny yeah. and he says you know she's got TB. And they do, you know, the thing making her cough. Yeah. And then there's the tish, the bloody tissue with the food coloring. I was just like, that was it, amazing. In the garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so tense leading up to that. And when he reaches into the garbage can <laughs> and turns around and looks at the screen, basically, with that bloody tissue, yeah. which is not blood. It, it was like food coloring or something. It was something. hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah. That's right. I just busted out laughing. I thought that was so great. I love I was like, just like... It's hilarious. It's not. It's terrible what they're doing, the, the, yeah. but it's hilarious how they're taking that situation and just changing constantly it. Constantly whining. Yeah. The actress who plays the mother of the Park family killed me. She was hilarious. Yeah. Just the line readings, the um, the moment when she's she, so incredulous about her everything. Face, her face when when they're talking about the panties in the car. Yeah. Or when she has TB, it's just amazing just to watch, and it's it's a really really great performance. And it's also, you know, there's that scene that where the parks use being, they use poor as like kink. Yeah. Which was, I just came out of nowhere, but it was interesting. I was like, that made me feel a little less sorry for them because that was like them using suffering as like sexual. There's another part that made me feel less sorry about them too. But that's, yeah. To come out the end? Yeah. That made me angry. The girl's bleeding out, yeah, dying, and they're just helping this kid who's just ha- not having anything. Yeah. And that's what made them snap. Because they don't care. They fetishize the poor. Yeah. that w- The entire third <sighs> act of this film is just amazing. The first time I saw it, 
I'm kind of used to, I watch a lot of Korean movies, um, and I'm kind of used to the, they do tone shifting a lot. They do this in Hong Kong films too. Like a Western thing, more Western movies are more like even toned and people are used to like, if the movie's funny, it's funny the whole movie. Or if it's sad, it's sad the whole movie. Not in Hong Kong and not um, in Japan too. And also not in Korean films. They very often tone shift, yeah. uh, which makes some people uncomfortable. I feel like a lot of people feel like they've been tricked or something because yeah. the movie was one way and now it's a different way and they they get upset about it well but, he did this he did this a lot with the host yeah too. there's a lot in snowpiercer yeah where it yeah appears. like i always think of that bit when they're on the train and they walk into like the schoolhouse mm-hmm. with the kids the ho- that whole movie is kind of grim and gritty yeah and then there's this very colorful burst of like violence and mm-hmm. you're like what the fuck just happened yeah he does that a lot yeah. but in this movie he saves it for the third act, for mm-hmm. the climax. So all the way up to that point, it, it's like, you know, there's been some strife and the Kims, they got flooded. And you're like, oh, they're at their down point. And then crazy dude comes out and bongs what's, what's that? Bong. Uh, one of them over the head with the rock. And yeah. then he's and then shit just goes downhill real quick. And the funny thing was, like, the Kim father, earlier in the film, the part where they're like... Uh, when the parks go camping and they're all drinking yeah and uh his wife is kind of like ribbing him a little bit and he gets real mad at her for like that one second he has that like split second of uncontrollable rage totally is foreshadowing him losing his shit at the end of the movie that which also scared the crap out of me yeah i was like fuck and then then he well we can we told him there's spoilers but yeah yeah. then he stabs I think most people are going to listen to this have probably seen the movie because they don't want to hear about it. Well, I was just thinking about, like, I was saying, oh, shit, not as a spoiler. But I was like, oh, fuck, that was uncomfortable. Like, he's a really good, uh, the guy who plays the dad. Yeah. He's a really good actor. He was in The Host. Yeah, I think he's in Snowpiercer. He was the dad in The Host. Uh, But that moment is, is where the film, and the film doesn't have a happy ending whatsoever. It's very very melancholy like the the kid gets uh, after he recovers from his head being smashed in um his dad ends up having to hide in that basement area (laughs) because he's a murderer yeah um but and then it goes into this dream sequence where daydream sequence where the son thinks oh i could get rich if i get rich enough i can buy the house and my dad can come out and then it pans back to where he's just sitting in the basement because the entire point of Parasite, I think that people miss, it's not that people are bad, it's that capitalism is bad. The and they can't escape the system. It's the system that is that is forcing these people into these roles that they don't want to be in. I mean, of course, maybe you want to be rich, but now you have all those, you have rich people problems. I know people probably aren't going to be like, oh, boohoo, rich people. But it forces people to like play this game. You have to play the game of capitalism and there's no ethical consumption under capitalism so everybody is at fault that takes part in the system but you have to take part of the system or die right well and the people that are held down by the system the people that don't it's like the have and have nots thing yeah and the one the have nots they're going to struggle and do whatever they can to try and get a piece of that pie yeah but you what they don't what we don't realize is that that struggle is consistent and the chances of you ever actually getting to that level yeah. are slim to none. Right. And I think that's kind of what this movie represents too. Like 
they're trying their damnedest, no matter what they can do, to get into that upper class. They're just trying to survive. They, and, as, and as soon as they get into the upper class, they act like the parks. Because once the tables turn and the housekeeper comes in, yeah, she and the, the Kim mom doesn't want to help her. And she's like, the other lady's like begging, please, please, we're in the same position. Like she's calling her yeah. sister and stuff. And uh, they immediately punch down. That is the greatest thing ever about this film is that the Kims or the Kims get that little taste of wealth and they immediately punch down um, below them because it's, that's what happens. Nobody escapes b- being rich. Once yeah. you once you get it, you, you start acting like those people like it's like inevitable. It, it really is. It is a movie about um, just, you know, what, what will you do? Just even just for a little taste at the top. Mm-hmm. Now, something I want to mention, though, is and this is totally really not about the movie. But, like, we're not trying to say that, like, all rich people are bad. And I'll be completely honest with you guys. Like, I just worked, when I went yeah. to Iowa, I worked for a multi-billionaire. Yeah. And yeah. it was a totally polar opposite of this situation yeah. of this movie. I just want to point out that it's not always like this. And it can yeah. be different that people with the means. the means to be giving and generous sometimes will be. Because like working for Tom Steyer for those two weeks, I've never made that much money in my life in two weeks of work. Yes, I had to work my ass off. But like he is a very, very rich person, but he's also a very real person. So I don't want people to think that we're like totally skewing this conversation towards saying I am, but everybody else can be nice. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what I'll say say is is, did he inherit the wealth or did he? It was self-made. Self-made. Yeah, it was because all self-made. You, but the film meet, isn't saying that either. Right? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean, there is there is a little bit. Not of rich people are evil, but there is a bit of inherited wealth. Because if you look, there's that one quick scene with the dad of the um, wealthy family, where he's showing off the computer or whatnot, and he yeah. has no fucking clue what they're talking about. Yeah. And it's very. I'm not gonna say. What it, who it reminded me of, mm-hmm. but it is kind of like a disconnected, rich, wealthy guy who just fucks things up. Yeah, and just and you can look at the per- people who are actually working on it, and their faces just for that like maybe thirty second insert are just like, oh my god, fuck this guy. But he did seem very disconnected. He seemed disconnected from yeah. his family. He seemed disconnected from like the reality, like. He loved his life, but he didn't really understand everything else that goes on because he was so wrapped up in being wealthy. Yeah, because yeah. it's a, it's about the hustle. Yeah, right. it's not. There's no, you know, it's like pimps don't cry. <laughs> you don't like you don't have. But that they feeling. do if you steal their hose. Yeah. they'll fuck you up. If they steal yeah, their hose. yeah. <laughs> but it's that level of like, it's not personal. It's just individual. I want this. Right. I need this. I will like fuck you i get mine <laughs> and like these people you know if you met these people you go oh they're kind of nice yeah you know they're a little uh, but they're not bad people it's a bad system well the kim mom even says if i she's like they're talking about because uh when they're having their little drink session they're she says because the the dad says, oh, you know, the Parks mom, she's she's nice, you know, she's a little yeah. whatever. And then she goes, well, yeah, she's nice because she's rich. If I was rich, I could be nice too. Yeah. Like you can be nice when all your other needs are met, right? Because now you have the ma- emotional energy for that. When your material needs are met, like Correct. that. What was what's it called? The Maslow's hierarchy of needs, or yeah. whatever. 
Yeah, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that you just start caring about other things. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, probably she's probably a charity giver. Mm -hmm. Probably cares about other people in the ways, but doesn't see how her family's existence perpetuates that system. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah. it's just so, it's it's a very nuanced look at it. Mm -hmm. I, I just, that's why I like, I like that he, each family has good and bad parts about them. Yeah. That, and then you see them interacting and, and it's just written very well. Well, it's a very human and very real movie. There's a very bad version of this movie that I can see in my head where it, the rich people are just comically evil. Yeah. Where they like kick puppies and like... Like ready or not. Punch <laughs> like re well, ready or not, I did like when they all died and got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking awesome. I But that's just me wanting to see like bad shit happen yeah. to people. Um, I think ready or not was a little more on the nose. Too. It's more exaggerated yeah. for comedic purposes. Yeah. Parasite feels dreamy but real in that these feel like real people. It feels like a real situation. You don't have to be like South Korean and living in a basement. If you have hustled um, for anything, mm -hmm. I know people who do, you know, like three or four jobs just doing stuff. I hustle for things. <laughs> Chris hustles for things. I'm assuming. No. No, you don't hustle. I did grow. I grew up poor. We. Yeah. I lived in a trailer till I was 18. Yeah. And then I have money now because I did was I did go into the service and yeah. deploy to a you know war zone and come back and get a government job. So I, I had the hustle to get where I am now. Yeah. I mean now I don't have to, but yeah. So I understand like you know the dichotomy between like have and have not and and how like when you have, like you, you kind of forget. Mm -hmm. Like when you didn't have stuff, you it's like a it's like a memory that you have, but you start getting comfortable in the in the new lifestyle, and then you forget when you what it was yeah. like when you were eating ramen every day for weeks yeah. and weeks, and you know struggling. I'm still living that. And some people have never struggled, <laughs> and that's the even worse part. Yeah. It's it's different if you struggled and worked your way up, and now you got money. And what if you it, like you said, if you inherit and money and you're a billionaire and you inherited it from your family, you never knew it was like a struggle ever. Like you have no, there's no context to anything like the that. The biggest struggle would be, you know, daddy didn't let me have the keys. Yeah. Um, which it's, it's, there's nuance in this movie. There's, but it, it really does resonate with me because fuck man, it's just tough. I want to make money. Yeah, we all do. Everybody yeah. wants money because everybody wants comfort, you know? Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. So the one thing about this film that I really was not a fan of, and maybe I'm wrong for thinking this, but the uh, the basement subplot mm -hmm. kind of bothered me. And I understand more now that we're talking about it. It yeah. was kind of like somebody else, you know, experiencing the same thing as them. Yeah. And it kind of then adds that to the plot. But I just didn't really understand. Like, I didn't think that part had to be in there about the other, that couple. Yeah. About, you know, the, the ex-nanny and her husband in the basement. Yeah. I just didn't feel like that really carried the story anywhere that it had to go i think they could have told the exact same story without that am i wrong well bong said that when he originally wrote it he didn't have the basement okay part in it um but he said what if i added another layer what would happen and i think i think what that layer is for 
is f- because like i said earlier like the so you have the the parks at the top and then you have the kims and then the kims are trying to like you know they're the kims are basically middle class by the time the third act yeah. comes around so you got rich middle class and then you have uh the the housekeeper and her husband now they're like they're like destitute they're destitute yeah. So now you have the third layer. So now you have, this, he, I think Bong wanted to show what happens when there's not class solidarity and how they interact. Because like I said, the, the Kims immediately like turn on the basement family. Like they don't even try to think about it. Like, yeah. hey, try to work it out. They immediately are try to maintain their position, which is what everybody does. It, I, I always, I thought it was really interesting just... The basement family, first off, I just, I was like, what the fuck? When she opened that door, I was like, what the fuck? I had no idea anything like that was coming at all. At all. As soon as they open the door and we get to the basement, I'm like, now this is Asian cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Shit was getting cray cray. I was like, Well, I'd also, like, the basement family is the direct result of their actions. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, if you have to step up, you're probably stepping on somebody. And they stepped on her, like, very desperately. Like, right. he said something in there where he's like, I'm worth more dead yeah. than alive. It's that term crabs in a bucket, you know? like the, Yeah, he was the... not... It's not a maintainable existence. Right. Um, I like the basement part. It just, it just comes... It's such a, like, interesting... Because the movie's already really good with the two layers, and then when you add the basement family, you're just like, "What the shit? (laughs) What's even happening right now?" I think also it shows, like you said, desperation of absolutely destitute people. I'm not talking about you know people that are working a day, a couple jobs, and they and they scrape by. Like they were like like homeless basically. They were that guy was homeless. Like he was a squatter. Yeah, like that's the that's the lowest tier. So now you've got like the rich middle class, and you have like the homeless squatter, just has nothing, uh, is completely living off the system and not contributing to the system. Yeah. Um. So it just, it, it yeah, it just it just was a way for him to explore how the different classes interact with each other, and how they all have they all are maintaining this nebulous system. That can be upended at any point, right? Because, like, so you have destitute people. A lot of times you have riots and stuff, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, if you don't have food, if you, if your populace doesn't have food, they don't, like, you know, like the French when they were, like, beheading all the rich people and stuff because they weren't yeah. getting food. They were keeping all the shit for themselves and the, and the countryside was starving, right? So that, once that starts happening now like all bets are off and nobody's doing anything in any sort of non-violent way yeah. so the bottom family they just erupt in violence the guy comes up and he's just fucking killing people like because yeah. he has no other choice he has no other outs really i mean he bludgeons him with the metaphor rock yeah <laughs> yeah i want that rock i do too it was like, it was an uncut gem for sure yeah Rocks in movies. Oh man, we'd yeah. do an episode on uncut gems when that gets released to Blu-ray. I'll be there. It was I'll a good. It was a good year for movies. And I was a, surprised that the Oscars actually picked one good movie at least. Yeah. The Spirit Awards. That's where it's at. Yeah. They which, picked the uh, good stuff. I mean, I think one for cinematography. You know, I think that all the best picture nominees deserve to be nominated. Yeah. Like I think Joker was. A great movie. We yeah. saw it together. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, you were in the front. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great film. 
and I think it has its own place, but I don't think it lives up to this at all. Yeah. And they're both about similar subjects, but and that's what when you start comparing how Parasite talks about class and how Joker talks about class, yeah. they're not even the same fucking room, like realm yeah. at all. Like Parasite, it's all nuanced, and there's like three levels, and it talks about class solidarity. Joker is just like rich people, bad, you know. <laughs> And talk show hosts worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rich people bad. Society bad. You get what Mommy you bad. <laughs> Mommy not bring chicken tending. Mommy didn't love me. <laughs> it's I really sit in this funny fridge. Because <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> like, I'm actually glad he won because he was the only thing that was really that good about the movie. It's the best thing in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like they were they gave the award to the best thing in the movie, which was his performance. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the score. And the score. And the score was also really good. Yeah, I really like the score. I'm glad that he won for best actor too. I think yeah. he deserved it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like, and he seemed like he was confused that he won for this movie. Is it me or like every? He kept getting these he, words. Like, why are you was, guys giving these to me? Like, he, he was look. Well, the one speech I think it was like the Baftos or whatever. Where he was just shouting out all the nominees, and yeah. it became very clear to me he was like, "Oh, he like does not have a speech," even though he like swept. I the don't. I season. think he didn't. I suspect he didn't think he was gonna get nominated for anything. I think he was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll play a Joker, whatever," yeah. and he can do that character like in his sleep. Yeah, and he just like did whatever, and then like everybody kept giving him awards. He's like, "Why are you?" I made like five other masterpiece movies, like The Master. Yeah. You were never really here. Where were the awards for these? And yeah. he's just like, Joker, really, guys? Why Adam Driver punches a wall. And he's like, <laughs> he's fucking winning. <laughs> I just like, Oscar he just story. seemed very confused that every time he get a word, his yeah. speeches were just like more and more weird. Maybe they just like conked him on the head with the rock but from this. I think, <laughs> you know, I think this is a thing with method actors like him. I think they really like devolve into what's Ooh. going on in their head and i think like those speeches like especially at the oscars like he really just started to like riff on this whole thing about cattle and blah blah, blah blah yeah yeah on cow titties and uh not really but nah. well yeah. do you remember but, when he did that thing where he was like said he was gonna be a rapper yeah yeah that movie's like yeah. remember that like everybody was like I was like, so he got his, some. His publicist that, does not want you to remember that, <laughs> especially with the. Casey I think that, that was all an act, though. Yeah, yeah. That was all an act. Like, he really yeah. just. You can just tell that, like, they're like, don't remember this movie. Because I yeah. think that was the one where Casey Affleck got those. Like, that lawsuit against him. Oh, was it? Yeah. What was the movie again? It was I'm Still Here. Yeah, I'm Still oh, Here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but ironically, he wasn't still there. Yeah, he's not still there. Now he's the Joker. Yeah, now he's the Joker. You know what's funny about Joker, though? I know we're supposed to be talking about Parasite. Well, but... I, I did have a point that will connect the two of them. Okay. <laughs> I'll just make this point. Joker is very much a Scorsese movie. We all know that. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Requiem for a Dream, though, too. Yeah. It follows much of the same pattern of into just utter madness. No one's talked about that. Yeah. Know. And the whole thing with the mom. Very yeah. reminiscent of the mother. From I wish there was too. more of the fantasy stuff in there. That yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, go ahead. How are you going to okay. connect these two? So, I don't know if you remember the end of this movie, but he also is uncontrollably laughing the same way that Arthur Fleck did. 
Oh, yeah. After he got, yeah. Yeah. That was all I could really think of. Oh, okay. Um, they're both about <laughs> class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joker has the subtlety of like a sludge hammer to the face. Yeah. It's very much <laughs> like, I mean, like. I mean, and like, Bong is a blunt director, but yeah. Joker is literally like, it's like somebody's yelling in your face, rich people are bad while clanging two fucking pans together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Get Todd Phillips <laughs> with just a, uh, Todd Phillips and Bong. That's like every other movie he's made. <laughs> that is so, true. Now with Parasite, yeah, the big development is obviously the Criterion release. It's already on Blu-ray. Like, I mean, they dumped this thing to Blu-ray like that because well, yeah. they well they knew that people were gonna yeah love we're this gonna movie. soak it up. I did yeah. think it was weird that they released that Blu-ray if they knew they were gonna get Criterion. I would feel like that would eat into the Criterion sale. I don't know. I don't think they knew that the Criterion uh, okay. thing was yeah until after the Best Picture. Yeah, okay. that was probably part of the deal with Neon because they're also. I think they're also redistributing Memories of a Murder. Yeah. And Oh, on regular Blu-ray, not Criterion? And in theaters. Oh, okay. Um, So that was probably part of the, hey, you want Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Memories of a Murder, got to take Parasite too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy what's going on with his career right now because yeah. now Parasite's being adapted to an HBO, HBO event series. With Tilda Swinton. And Mark Ruffalo, apparently. Like how are how are they going to stretch this into I'm eight episodes? I'm wondering if it's like a different take. It's got to be because it's not only Blong, it's also Adam McKay and the folks who did Succession. Okay. Um, Succession. I think I've talked about how much I like yeah. Succession. It's a very good show. Um, so if anyone was gonna have to do a Parasite TV show, I would probably pick all those people to do it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how, what he brings to TV. Yeah, and you know, and he's directed stuff in English, so he's. I think his I think his movies in English are a tiny bit. And I think this about most times when directors that make movies in one language all the time, they branch out into English films. They always feel a little stilted, and like there's just some things that just quite didn't get translated all the yeah. way in there. Well, because they don't get the dialogue quite as right. quick as we do. They always know? like, you know, the dialogue's always like kind of weird in a little way. Yeah. And Snowpiercer yeah. is like doing that. Here? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> not, it's not, it, didn't, it doesn't ruin any of his movies or anything, but like Snowpiercer, for example. Well, Snowpiercer is interesting because A, it, uh, it's an American movie directed by a Korean based on a French graphic novel. So there's like three yeah. layers of shit happening here, you know. Um, but I feel like it'd be interesting to see him do a whole TV show. Yeah. I don't know. I wish he was doing something new. Though. It might it might turn into that. Yeah. You never know. Is he directing it, though? I think I feel like he is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think HBO would want a parasite that was just like somebody else. Hopefully, he's directing. But that but always happens, good. though. Yeah. Like, oh, let's take his idea and we're going to morph it into something else. That's, That's true. But, you know, sometimes it works out like the Fargo TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that, but I want to because I like uh, Legion, and that's the same guy. Noah Hawley is great. I really like. Um, but his movie two. was bad, right? I didn't. See I it. did not see it. I heard Lucy in the Sky. I heard terrible things about it, and I ducked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard really bad things about Lucy in the Sky, but I love Natalie Portman, so yeah. I definitely I want to yeah. check it out at some. I want point. a doc and report, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, so he's got the Parasite TV he, show. He's got two we, other movies. We've got Snowpiercer TV show coming out. Oh, really? Dude, yeah. that show's been in, in development for like at it's, least three or four well, years Well, now they're probably now. just actually give it money. Yeah. Now he's hot. Well, but there's like Jennifer Connelly is in the TV show. Yeah. There's like a huge cast in this thing. You know who was originally directing the pilot was Scott Derrickson. Oh, that's and then right. They fired him. Why? They reshot the pilot. Oh damn! They just didn't it was like bad? the tone. I don't know. They, I guess they just wanted something different. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. But it is good also that this movie won because I feel like it's gonna, in the same way like uh, what was that movie? Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Like when that movie came out, everybody was like super like wanting to see Hong Kong films. And also it there's like this like splash, this like domino effect where, you know, so Catch Tiger, Hidden Dragon comes out and then they'll like grab licenses to a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff and release it to try to like capitalize on it, mm-hmm. which is cool if you're like into that, which I was. And I was like, oh, man, they're picking up all these, you know, cool movies that I wanted to see. And now they're finally getting Blu-ray. So I feel like that something similar is going to happen now at Parasite, they're going to be like snatching up Korean movies and, and other Asian films, maybe in like being like, oh, if you liked Parasite, you like this. If you like Parasite, yeah. you like that. You know, I would I would love for like him, th- for them to come out with like a swanky bong box set. Yeah. You know, or or bring over some other Korean films that haven't had any releases here. Because there's a ton. I mean, there, we've barely scratched the surface on like Korean films released over here. Yeah. Most of them are, uh, I've noticed, UK uh, releases a lot of them on Blu-ray. Yeah. Not so much over here. But I feel like there'll be a, maybe it'll be a good stepping stone for people that like, I liked Parasite. Maybe I'll try another foreign film. It doesn't have to That's be true. Korean. Could be well, French people, or anything. You people know? just need to get over this fear of subtitles. Yeah. The one inch barrier, baby. Yeah. I mean, because all of us, I mean, I've watched Asian films for 20 years now. Yeah, you know, just because I'm like, there's this whole untapped territory that nobody else is watching and i mean like yeah. movies like i saw the devil like oh, that's one of the best movies i've ever seen in my life you know that's like one of my buddy's favorite movies he yeah. literally for like months could not stop talking about it's i saw movie. the devil it's awesome yeah so you know hopefully, hopefully it'll it open gets, some eyes yeah and they used to and now i don't think they do it as much anymore but they used to like do english dubs like Crouching oh Tiger, Hidden Dragon has gosh. an English dub. Ugh. The old boy dub is one of the worst dubs. I've oh, ever I didn't even heard. know they had a dub. They have a dub for it, and it, it oh, I've it never seen a good it. one. Like <laughs> I either the only time I watch English dubs are when it's like old, like Shaw Brothers films, and they're like hilarious. Yeah, but like if this is like a regular movie, and even now I don't watch them because I have all I actually have good versions where I can watch them in Cantonese right. and stuff. But yeah, or Mandarin or whatever, but. The, you know, unless it's like a ridiculously hilarious dub, yeah. or you know, the rest of them are just bland and everybody just they don't even try to get people that sound like them. Wow, that's yeah. a great point, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a great job. But you know, if this was like 1995, they would totally like dub Parasite. Yeah, but it'd be like an all-star cast. Yeah, my we favorite should, dub ever. Oh, sorry. We should dub it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. It's okay. metaphorical. <laughs> it's in gonna like, be like really bad. <laughs> in like 2001, there was this Korean movie called Volcano High, and MTV uh, enlisted a bunch of rappers like Ludacris and stuff to do all the dubs. Oh so they were just like everybody was like yo 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 and stuff. I was like whoa, whoa, whoa. Sounds, what? That sounds like my heaven. It was M- <laughs> it was the MTV version of it. Yes. I was like, because I had actually the funny thing was I had like this is 2001, so 
it was hard to get Asian films, so I had to get bootlegs off of eBay yeah. all the time. So I had the bootleg of it, and then they released the DVD, and I was like, oh, sweet, yeah, I can actually have a good DVD with like good subtitles that aren't terrible. And then I started watching it, and they were like, yo, what up? And I was like, is that like ludicrous? What's happening? Right. And I looked at it, and it was like MTV version. I was like, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it actually is a pretty hilarious dub. I love, yeah, the concept it's of It's all them. early 2000 rappers. Busta Rhymes. I think Busta Rhymes is one of them. Um, who's the guy who did DMX. the fire? DMX. DMX. <laughs> I'm pretty sure DMX was on there, too. It's like a, it's like a, gosh, there's all kinds. Like, what's the dude from Outcast? Um, oh, Andre 3000? I think he's one on there. I don't know. It's like an all-star cast of, like, fucking early 2000 rappers. Who's the rapper that did the Firefest? I can't, I can't. He did it, like, all I remember is the oh, Firefest. Oh, it's, uh. And he did um, a really, really, Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Yeah. He did a really, really terrible, like, rap with Metallica. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things. I Like, I when I heard it, I was, like, in tears <laughs> laughing. It's I have to so let you beautiful. borrow this so you can enjoy the MTV version. <sighs> that would uh, be... Also, they cut out all the exposition and just left the fights. So I watched oh I was like, <laughs> yeah, literally any part where they weren't fighting, like, it's gone. It's just fights and then a little bit of, like, from them going a little bit to just connect the fights together. But yeah. That sounds amazing. I feel like... It was absolutely do. butchered. Yeah. They should do hip-hop dubs of, like, um, movies that are out now. Like, yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, but with, like, DMX. I'd watch it. It's kind of like those, uh, like... They don't. I don't know if they do them as much now, but it would always like a movie would come out and then they would come out with like the urban version and it would have like a Z in it. You know what I'm talking about? The yes, end? yes, yeah. I do. I do remember those. It would be like it was like snakes on a plane and then it was like snakes on a train, but it was like oh. but it said snakes on a yeah. train. <laughs> like remember that? Yes, and they'd I be do. like right next to it in the video store and you'd be like, wait, what? What? <laughs> and they were always like super duper bad. But yeah, I'm just like, who was make who are making these and did they like what? There's like actually a term for it when this they would is make the asylum, right? The what? Is that the asylum films? People would yes. do the yeah. They did Transmorphers. Yeah, a classic. But there was like a term for when you they would release movies that sounded similar Mock to the Busters. other. Yes, 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 yes. Mockbusters. I watched so many of those Mockbusters. <laughs> there was one where it was like <laughs> Thor. We had to watch it for an English class I was in. This might have been, like, in the top ten worst movies I've ever seen. The guy who's playing Thor was this, like, no offense to doughy white guys like myself, but, like, a very doughy, out of shape, <laughs> like, mullet-y-looking Thor. This like was Endgame like, Thor? This is, like, Endgame Before Thor end <laughs> if, like, he just went on a bender at, like, KFC. <laughs> <laughs> like, just full tilt, whatever. And it was just, Yeah. They don't really do that as much anymore, I feel like. No, because now people caught on to it. <laughs> it's a shame. Those poor grandmas who got suckered into... I know. They're they like, come oh, home. my grandson loves the Transformers. I'll get the Transmorphers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten way far off of Parasite. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. But I think we kind of wrapped that up. Yeah. Before we go tonight, there's news on the internet right now that Marvel is apparently casting Rami Malek as Silver Surfer. What? Ooh, I've been waiting for a Silver Surfer movie. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll see. I mean, I don't ever 
trust this shit. Yeah. That's why I know like, we've kind of we changed. got it covered? It's from Cheat Sheet. <laughs> okay. But who knows? <laughs> Oh. We got this covered. We should do an entire podcast on We Got I, This Covered. I would love to do a <laughs> podcast about that. And, just, and we'll just call the podcast, like, episode whatever, We Got This Covered. Just a beef. Just, oh my. Let's start beef. Yeah. Rat beef. It's terrible. Very obviously, mm-hmm. we're West Coast or yeah. East Coast, whichever coast you guys prefer. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about Parasite tonight, I, though? I, um, I would say watch Parasite, show it to your friends, have them show it to their friends. Your parents. Your parents. Yeah. I've showed it to my parents. They both really like it. Don't that. let people live in your basement. Don't let yeah. people live in your basement. Uh, treat, if you're a rich person, treat your helpers with respect. Because you know that after seeing Je- Parasite, Jeff Bezos looked at his limo driver a lot differently. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, smell him. He's like, smelling him. Oh, you smell great. <laughs> Not, no mildew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no mildew. No mildew. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bigger tip tonight. <laughs> you know, just, uh... He's like the world's, his wife is like the world's richest divorcee. Yeah. That's so funny. All right. We'll be back next week with 133. It'll have to be on Wednesday night next week, though. So hopefully we get this uh, live stream thing fixed because I'm not too happy. I think that it's just down. I saw somebody complaining about this last week on Facebook, too. They couldn't get on Facebook Live. So with that said, anybody else? anything else to say? Jessica, only child, Illinois, Chicago. Okay. (laughs) That's all. Uh I don't have anything. Okay. Yeah. Nighty night. Good night. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.